Hey there, future friends! This week, we fear the male gaze, we bust out our Magnum P.I. shirt, and we should always tip our valet. This is the week of May 20th, 2022, and you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. It is an interesting week because we don't have anything huge, but we have quite a few interesting looking things, a few that I will even check out. So before we get into the show, I want to talk about something I've watched on streaming because I didn't know it was on streaming. If you remember last week, one of the movies I talked about was Firestarter. I didn't know it was also coming out on Peacock because none of the websites I use for my movie release knowledge, said anything about that. So I did end up watching it, and it was okay. It was fine. Zac Efron found a way to take his shirt off. I was not entirely against that, you know? But washboard abs aside, the movie was just okay. If you've seen Firestarter, you know the story. If you haven't seen Firestarter, then... You know what? Maybe watch this one as your first one. Just because the original one, Drew Barrymore, back in 1980-something. Let me see. Ah, 1984. 1984 with Drew Barrymore, David Keith, Heather Locklear, Martin Sheen. Not a bad cast. But this new one, it's okay. This is why I didn't do a review episode about it like I did for Doctor Strange, like I did for other movies. Because the whole time I'd just be going, eh. I was entertained. But at the end of the day, it just was mediocre. The acting was fine. The effects were much cooler than the original. I think the writing was better. But even though it has all these bonuses for it, it was just... Oh God, I'm going to say it again. It was just eh. If I had to give it a score, I would say a 6.5 out of 11 because it wasn't really bad. So if you're in the mood for a new movie, why not check it out? But my friends, let me tell you what it is I do on this show since I kind of skipped that part. I am Billiam, and on this show, I talk about all of the movies coming out during the week. I put them into two categories. The first is the limited release section. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. Maybe I'll say a word or two about it, but this section is really for movies that did nothing to catch my eye. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad, it just means that the trailer didn't wow me. In the next section, it's the wide releases and interesting indies, that is every wide release, including major streaming platforms, and then those indie movies that did catch my eye. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, and then I do give my thoughts on it, and I wrap those thoughts up with the Billiam's Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score, which can go anywhere from a 0 for those awful films to an 11 for those films that make me oh so happy to be a film nerd. Well, my future friends, without further ado, let us jump into the limited release section. First, we have a movie called Echo, spelled like the clothing company. This is coming to video on demand on the 17th, so this is already out by the time you're listening to this. 
A former assassin living a new life in the shadows with his family emerges from hiding to discover the origins of his lethal beginnings. This stars no one of note and kind of just looks like a basic Jason Bourne-esque movie that a million of them are made and I don't know how they keep getting made because this doesn't look unique or interesting at all. Next up, we have a film called Machination. An anxious woman struggles to cope in isolation as a pandemic sweeps the world, forcing her to confront the monsters in her head. This stars no one of note, and it's actually a very interesting idea that I don't think the movie did it well, because this is dealing with paranoia and mental health during the start of the pandemic. So I get what the movie's trying to say, and it potentially has something very important to say, but it just doesn't look like it did it. Next up, we have a movie called Distant. This I had a hard time finding because I saw it listed on Movie Insider as one of the movies coming out this week in New York only. But you you know what? Let me tell you the premise first. After his wife leaves him, a photographer has an existential crisis and tries to cope with his cousin's visit. This is a movie from Turkey from 2002. So sometimes what happens when I'm doing the show is that IMDb or another site gets confused between two movies with the same name. That has happened before. Like if you look on the upcoming movies in IMDb, it says, oh, this movie called Distant. You click on it and it takes you to this movie from 2002 instead of the one from 2022. But no, every, every place I looked, it said this is getting a release. So why is it getting a New York release now? I don't know. But if you live in New York and you want to watch a movie from Turkey from the early aughts, check this out. So every once in a while, I like to throw a question at my friends. It's been a long time since I've done this, and I want to throw it out to you to see if you know the answer. It has nothing to do with any of the movies. I was just scrolling around on YouTube, and this movie scene I really like popped up. And I'm like, oh yeah, that person was in it, and this person, and this person. So which movie stars Superman, Captain America, Captain Marvel, and the Huntress. You think about that. I'll I'll try and remember to say the name of the movie at the episode at the end of the episode, but we'll see. Next up, we have a movie called Good Morning. M O U R N I N G. Good Morning. See, they're being clever, kids. Follows London Clash, a movie star whose world is turned upside down when he must choose between pursuing his one true love and landing a life-changing starring role in a major motion picture. This stars musician, with sarcastic air quotes, Machine Gun Kelly, Pete Davidson from The King of Staten Island, Megan Fox from Jennifer's Body, Dove Cameron from Live and Maddie, Whitney Cummings from Two Broke Girls, and Jenna Boyd from Atypical. And... No, I don't like Machine Gun Kelly. I do like Pete Davidson and Megan Fox, but this doesn't look good. Machine Gun Kelly just gives me Paul brother vibes. Like he's the missing Paul brother. And that's just an automatic ick for me. So we're going to skip this. Wow, that's it. That snuck up on me. My friends, that is the end of the limited release section. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ooh, ten movies in the wide releases. So let's talk about the first three, and then we'll take our break. So let's jump into the wide releases and interesting indies with a movie coming out on Netflix on the 19th. So by the time you hear this episode, it's already been out. This follows a hard-driving LA wine company executive who travels to an Australian sheep station to land a major client 
and there she ends up working as a ranch hand and sparking with a rugged local. This stars Victoria Justice from Victorious and Adam Demos from Falling in Love, I-N-N Love. It's another Netflix rom-com. So I know that Victoria Justice has Puerto Rican ancestry, but this is the setup for the most basic bitch rom-com ever. She doesn't just drink wine, she works in the industry of wine. But let's talk about the movie. Um, it looks fine. It, it looks like a rom-com. It looks like the kind of shit you'd see on Hallmark Channel. It doesn't look bad, but it also doesn't look good. A perfect pairing gets a 5.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends. Next up, we have a movie called The Photographer, Murder in Pinamar. This also comes out on Netflix on the 19th. Really quick note, if the sound levels change suddenly, I was trying to turn up my headphones and I turned up the soundboard's main mix. So uh, that's why it sounds weird. Thank you for your support. So let's talk about The Photographer, Murder in Pinamar. This documentary examines the murder of photojournalist Jose Luis Cabezas, a crime that shook Argentina and exposed a political and financial conspiracy. This is a documentary and it's in Spanish. And hey, if you like murder mysteries and true crime and all that stuff, this is for you. Uh, for me, I, I'm not a fan of true crime. Not really. I mean, I really liked Unsolved Mysteries, the original and the new one. But uh, this one, I'm going to say the photographer Murder in Pinamar gets a five out of 11. Next up, friends, we have a movie called Hold Your Fire, Brooklyn, 1972. Brooklyn, 1972. Shawai Brahim tries to steal guns for self-defense, starting the longest hostage siege in NYPD history. NYPD psychologist Harvey Slosberg fought to reform police use of violence and save lives by using words, not guns. This is a documentary and it looks like a super important one. So this is getting a limited release, but I wouldn't be surprised if it came to maybe not one of the bigger streaming services, but something on the smaller side like Pluto or Hoopla or Canopy, one of those. So maybe one day you can watch it for free. But this does look very important because we have something that is a crime. Yes, they tried to steal a gun and this armed standoff happened. And this guy, Harvey Schlossberg, back in 1972 was saying things that we're saying now like hey why is going in guns blazing our response to a lot of this stuff and i think that's something that echoes today especially when we have so many mass shootings in our country more than any other first world country and how many times do we see stories where if the shooter is white they find a way to bring him in safely and they even stop and get mcdonald's on the way or something like that or if he's 18 years old, the news outlets will call him a teenager if he's white, but call him a man if he's black. So I think this is part of a bigger conversation that we need to be having more. And I think this looks really good. But I also still have to judge it as a movie because that's what I do here. So what I will say is that Hold Your Fire gets a 7.5 out of 11. And let's wrap the first half of the show up with a movie called Monda Kane. Toronto is a ghost town that no one dares to enter. The poorest are left fighting for survival while gangs are competing for territory. Two 13-year-olds are orphans who grew up together dreaming of joining one of these gangs. This is a movie from Italy and looks like a very interesting post-apocalyptic kind of movie. Because it seems like some sort of light sci-fi post-apocalyptic film 
where it's not super like, oh, this is the Walking Dead kind of shit or something like that. It seems more like if you just tweak a couple things, it could take place now kind of movie. And what we see in the trailer is that these two 13 year old orphans are friends and they make it into this gang that they they made it. And now one of them is having second thoughts and the other one is like, well, my friend is having second thoughts and it might cost me my place in the gang. Who is my allegiance to my my old time friend or the new gang? Because a kid who's having second thoughts doesn't like the whole murder thing. Uh, doesn't mind stealing as much. I, I don't think I don't think he minds the stealing that much. But the whole the whole murder and cold blooded killing thing kind of uh, doesn't vibe with him. But his other friend doesn't give a flying shit. So we have this dichotomy forming between these two kids who were so similar at the beginning of the film. And I think this does look good. Once again, this is a limited release, just like Hold Your Fire was a limited release. And should you go out of your way to find it? Hey, maybe. I don't know you. I don't know your life. Maybe this movie from Italy is right up your alley. You're like, I love Italian cinema. I want to go see this, then go see it. I will check this out if it ever comes to streaming. But other than that, it looks good enough to watch if I can, but not enough to work for it. So I'm going to say Mondo Kane gets a 5.5 out of 11. All right, my friends, it's time for our first and only break as we hear a word from our good friends of the show, the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. And we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa, both very supportive, great friends of mine. So we will be right back. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good Good journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. fine. All right, we are back. And we have six films left. So let's talk about the next one, which is called Fire in the Mountains. This is another limited release. A mother toils to save money to build a road in a Himalayan village to take her wheelchair-bound son for physiotherapy. But her husband, who believes that a shamanic ritual, Hagar, is the remedy, steals her savings. This is a movie from India, and it looks so different from a lot of what we see from India, because a lot of what we see from India... On our side of things, I'm not saying that's what it's like over there, but on our side of things here, we get a lot of the Bollywood movies, which I guess, if if I have to make an educated guess, and please someone tell me if I'm wrong, is their version of a Hollywood blockbuster. Those kind of movies I laugh about and say they look awesome. 
some crazy action movie where there's dance numbers throughout kind of thing. This is not one of those movies. If the average Indian movie we talk about on this show is like a Marvel movie, then this is something that A24 would put out. Because the whole trailer is very simple. It's just the mother carrying her child through the woods, down the mountain, and then getting to the road and then being taken to the physiotherapy appointment on the back of someone's bike or a motorcycle, moped thing. And she's like, hey, we, we need science. We need this stuff that we know can help our kid. And we need to build a road to the town so I don't have to keep doing that bullshit all the time. And the dad's like, well, no, let's do the spiritual stuff and the gods will fix him. And the trailer didn't really present this movie as a conflict. I didn't see the conflict in the movie very much, except this one scene in the doctor's office when the doctor is asking for payment and the mother's counting out all the money. And it's a lot of money. And he's just watching her count this, probably thinking, well, shit, we can get a shaman for that much money. Something about this trailer just spoke to me. I thought it looked beautiful. I thought it looked really well done. And I'm going to keep my eye open for this movie. Fire in the Mountains gets a 7 out of 11. My feature friends, next up is our only nationwide release of the week. And it's called Downton Abbey, A New Era. Follow up to the 2019 feature film in which the Crowley family and the Downton staff received a royal visit from the King and Queen of Great Britain. This stars, well, the cast of Downton Abbey, those who are still alive anyway. And yes, I'm going to mention that every time something Downton Abbey comes out, because that's exactly when I stopped watching the show. Season three, I think, when they killed both of my favorite characters in the same season. I had other characters I liked, but I had my top two characters. I was like, these two are great. They're why I watched the show dead. They are dead. And it's not like comic book dead where they might be able to come back. Like who knows? Maybe one day we'll see Iron Man again. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll see Captain America again. We ain't never seen these people again. Hell, even with Doctor Who, if they kill a character people like, there's a good chance you could see him again. We saw River Song a couple times after her story was over, right? I don't have much to say about this. It, it looks good. I do kind of want to finish watching Downton Abbey and watch the two movies. I do, because I, I really did like it. I like that kind of shit, you know? That posh ass British shit that doesn't even exist today. Motherfuckers have titles and land, and they, they ain't shit. They are nothing. You can have some broke ass bitch be a duke or a duchess. Hell, you can you can buy land in the UK for X amount of money and get a official royal title. But there's something different about movies like this which, with that posh-ass British especially Bridgerton, and goddammit, I cannot wait for my wife to come back from vacation so we can watch Bridgerton. Even though the Duke, who was the most beautiful character on the show, even though he's gone, uh, I still want to watch it. Uh, but Downton Abbey, yeah, sure, it looks fine. Uh, definitely watch it if you're a big fan of the show. Otherwise, skip it. Downton Abbey, A New Era, gets a 7 out of 11. All right, my future friends, next up we have a movie that's getting two release dates. Uh, this is a limited theatrical release this week and a prime video release on the 27th. So I'm going to talk about this fully now and just remind you about it on the 27th. It's called Emergency, Ready for a Night of Legendary Partying, 
Three college students must weigh the pros and cons of calling the police when faced with an unexpected situation. This stars R.J. Seiler from Power Rangers, Donald Elise Watkins from The Underground Railroad, Sebastian Kacken, or Chacken from Penny Dreadful, and Sabrina Carpenter from The Hate You Give. So we have something very interesting here. We do. We have another college party movie. We get them all the time. They're a very popular genre of movie that come out every so often. We'll get one. And there's something different with this one because there's always some sort of conflict, like their friend goes missing or they lose something important. They have to find it or, oh, I forgot my test is due. So we have to break into the school and do some something like that. But this one is we have these these black men who go to the school and they get back to their apartment or their dorm, I mean and find a passed out white girl, blackout drunk. They don't know what happened to her. She doesn't look visibly hurt, but you don't know that nothing happened. So as three black men or two black men and no, no, two black men and a uh, Latin American or Mexican. So basically three people of color, are they going to call the cops and go, hey, this white girl was in our room, but we had nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's going to go well. And especially because one of the black guys is like super smart and is going to go off and do fantastic things. And his other, his friend was tasked with watching over him during the night going, Hey, make sure he's going places. Make sure he doesn't really up tonight. And then what's more while they're going around trying to figure out what to do with this girl, like how to get her help without also possibly getting in trouble. They find out she's underage. She is a high school student who snuck into a college party. So it went from bad to worse. So we have a college party movie, which is something we're used to with also another layer thrown in of something that people of color, especially black people, have to think of. So I think I mentioned this on the show before, but I read the Black Nerd Problems book, which is based off the Black Nerds Problem problems podcast it's essays written by the two creators it's really really good but something they brought up i still vividly remember to this day and it's the fact that they were talking about or or one of them was talking about going to a convention and seeing people walk up and buying these swords from this uh, this dealer because you know if you've ever been to a con there's always there someone there selling swords and all these people these with these prop guns and as a black man He can't do that. I mean, sure, technically, yes, he can do it, but he has to think about that. Like how many young black kids have been killed for having a Nerf gun? So this is this little bit of reality, unfortunate reality thrown into this movie. What what could have been a very basic college party film turns into something that's simultaneously a conversation. And I think that's very interesting. And if they can deal with the whole thing as comedy still, I think that's even better because it's saying, look, we can still have these conversations and have a comedy. We can still have these conversations and have a romance, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever genre, we can still have these conversations in it. We can still make movies that have something to say and not have to turn every movie into some drama just to get a message across. And I think this movie shows a lot of promise. And I do really want to see that, but I'm going to wait for it to come out on Prime. Emergency gets an 8 out of 11. All right, next up, we have a movie called The Valet, 
So fun fact, all four of these movies, Emergency and the next three, could have been the pick of the week. These all look good. And I do want to see all of these. And I will make a point to see all of these. But let's talk about The Valet. This is a Hulu original film. Yes, Hulu. They're a thing. A movie star enlists a parking valet at a Beverly Hills restaurant to pose as her new lover to cover for a relationship with a married man. This stars Eugenio Derbez from Dora and the Lost City of Gold, Samara Weaving from Ready or Not, Max Greenfield from New Girl, Betsy Brandt from Breaking Bad, Amari Nolasco from A Good Day to Die Hard, and Mexican actress Carmen Salinas. And the only reason I mention her, even though she hasn't been in anything most of us would know, is because she has been acting constantly since the 1960s or the late 1960s. So it looks like she's big shit. And if not like an A-list movie star, at least someone like, I don't know why, but Catherine O'Hara is the only one coming to mind. But someone you know that has been in a lot of stuff, has been around for a while, but isn't a A-list actor. So that's why I wanted to mention her. But anyway, the valet looks funny. And fun fact, it's based on a French movie from 2006. So yeah, interesting there. But this looks funny. Eugenio Debez is a talented actor. He's good at comedy. His timing's really good. His fa- he, he's the whole package. And I think it's a crime that he's not bigger here. Samara Weaving, she's good too. I've come to really like her. Uh, the others, they're fine. But what I really, really like about this is that I can't tell which way it's going to go from the trailer. Because we know that it's about this woman who is sleeping with a married man. She's an actress who's sleeping with a married man. She gets caught. They kind of get caught in the act. But it just so happens that Eugenio Derbez was driving by or riding by on his bicycle, gets into an accident. And so he is there too. And then so they pretend that they're together just to hide the relationship from the guy's wife and, you know, the public at large. So I don't know which way it's going to go. Are they going to fall in love? Kind of like a marry me situation. You know, that movie with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, which was very fun. It was charming and cute. Or is it going to the other direction where they're just like, okay, we're friends now because of this, but I have my life, you have yours, and we don't like each other like that. Either way, I think it's going to be funny. And I'm so positive that I'm going to like it that it almost became the pick of the week. It really almost did. I will watch this this weekend. I promise. And the valet gets an 8.5 out of 11. Well, my future friends, two movies left, and they are both worthy of being the pick. And like so many times before on the show, I think this for different reasons. So just like before, the reason that one of the films would be the pick of the week is because it has a very wide release. It's very easy, uh, easily accessible, very fun. The other one just looks better, like a better quality film. And as we all know, that doesn't mean that the bigger budget one is going to be bad. Blah, blah, blah. We know this. But let's not beat around the bush anymore. The last movie that's not the pick of the week is called Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. 30 years after their popular television show ended, Chipmunks Chip and Dale live very different lives. When a cast member from the original series mysteriously disappears, the pair must reunite to save their friend. This features the voices of John Mulaney, Andy Samberg, Will Arnett, Eric Bana, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, J.K. Simmons, and Kiki Lane. So let's talk about the obvious thing. I know it's on all of your minds. How many Oreo Cakesters have I eaten since they returned? And the answer to that is too many. But let's talk about this movie instead, silly goose. 
Look, you all know how I feel about vocal casts in animated movies when they use people that don't need to do it. And yes, I'm going to use the same example I always do from the Dr. Doolittle movie with Robert Downey Jr. Why did Tom Holland need to do the voice of the dog? He did nothing special. But this one I can kind of see. I can see why they were chosen, not just because they're big names, but they bring something to the table. So we have John Mulaney, who has a very recognizable voice. Andy Samberg, the same. Will Arnett. Eric Ban is Australian. Good for him. Keegan-Michael Key. Does a lot of characters that we saw in Key and Peele. Seth Rogen, very unique voice. J.K. Simmons, same thing. Kiki Lane, she's great too. But if we didn't have them and we used regular voice actors instead, the movie would be the same. So even though this cast is better than like the Adams Family cast, and even though I like them as actors, it's not a, not, not a great vocal cast for that awful, awful, yes, Chris, if you're listening to this, Snarf Chris, awful movie. So this vocal cast is better, but still, come on. But the thing with Chippendale Rescue Rangers is that it doesn't look bad, but also I'm scared that's going to play too hard into the Roger Rabbit thing, where we have these cartoons that are in the real world, in the same way that Roger Rabbit was, interacting with cartoons or characters from other cartoons, probably all Disney properties. But I worry, unlike Roger Rabbit, who had familiar characters sparingly and just used a lot of tunes that no one knew, I'm afraid that this is going to be some attempt at fan service in the sense of showing us old characters that we love and trying to shove in the new things. Like, I'm pretty sure the Seth Rogen voice is, he's also doing Pumbaa, which he did in the latest Lion King, you know, the CG one that looked super real-esque. And really, they couldn't have gotten the original vocal cast from the Rescue Rangers cartoon. Because look at Bart Simpson. Nancy Cartwright has been doing the voice of Bart Simpson since 1987. I bet you the Rescue Rangers cast, vocal cast, could still be available. But let's talk about the film itself. It, it looks good. It, it does. It looks funny. It looks, it looks self-aware. And my reservations when it comes to the movie is kind of overshadowed by the fact that it's coming to Disney+, Plus, which a lot of us already have or have access to in one way, by either a subscription or you're borrowing your friends. So the fact that we can go and see this this Friday, just from the safety of our own home, from the comfort of our own couch, and for no additional cost, that says a lot. That says a lot to me in the sense that anything bad I can potentially say about it, so far, without having seen the movie, of course, is a fully moot point when the convenience factor comes into play. But from what it looks like, the characters are still doing their thing in the sense that Chip is still the studious one, the more serious one. Dale's the more, the more silly one. We have Dale going to conventions, still trying to live that old Rescue Rangers glory. We have Chip, who has a honest nine-to-five job now. And they get brought back into the you know, rescue rangers mode when someone goes missing. And who goes missing? I don't know. Because Gadget and Monterey Jack are supposed to be in the film, though we don't see them in the trailer. But I think, I think it's going to be Zipper that goes missing. Because Zipper only really made noises. Zipper didn't talk, so that way we could still have Gadget and Monterey Jack. And I swear to God, we better hear the original Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers theme song. I don't want any of this bullshit where they try to 
modernize the song. Don't fix what ain't broken. But look, Chippendale Rescue Rangers doesn't look great. It looks it looks fun. It looks enjoyable. It looks like something that's easy that's going to make you smile. Something that will make you laugh a few times. Something that will make you nostalgic if you remember the old show from the 80s. Ooh, quick note. I wonder if whoever's behind the missing thing is going to be Fat Cat. Like, is Fat Cat behind this all? I would actually really like it if this movie just becomes a, an extended Rescue Rangers episode. Like, even though it's it seems completely different on the outside, if you break down the bare bones of the ep- of the movie, I would love it if it was just a Rescue Rangers episode. I think that would be very good. But unfortunately, there is one movie that looks better, but also unfortunately, that better movie is getting a limited release. So if this turns out to be your pick of the week because it's so much more accessible, or if the valet is your pick of the week because it's so much more accessible, that's fine. 100% fine. Because remember, artsy indie films are great, Big blockbusters are great, and anything in the middle can be great too. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers gets an 8.5 out of 11. My future friends, let's wrap this up with the pick of the week, which is an A24 horror movie called Men. This is a limited release about a young woman who goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside following the death of her ex-husband. This stars Jesse Buckley from I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Papa Esidu, I'm very sorry for butchering that from Gangs in New York, Gail Rankin from Glow, and Rory Kinnear from Skyfall. So we have this woman who, like the premises, is going on a solo vacation. In the trailer, we see that she has a flashback to when her ex-husband dies, and she's standing in, I don't know if she's standing in the kitchen or living room, I forgot where it was, but she sees him falling in front of the window like he's killing, like he's killed himself, and they lock eyes before he hits the ground. And that's some traumatizing shit. Like, I have never experienced anything like that, but that is going to be some traumatizing shit. So she needs to escape. She needs to clear her head. She needs to, some me time. She needs an escape, and this could be it, except, uh-oh, weird shit goes on, just like any other A24 horror. And what weird-ass thing is it this time? Is it some sort of weird Scandinavian cult? Is it some sort of weird mother-daughter story? Is it a witch? Is it some weird lamb-looking baby or some porno shoot gone wrong? No, it's dudes. It's men. She is in this village, and even though she's staying in this house in the middle of nowhere, she does have to go into the village, and men are f***ing acting weird. Think of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, but men instead. And thank you very much, but I would rather have the birds. I would rather punt a pelican than have to manhandle a man. But we know that there's something unique about A24 horrors. We know that they're more atmospheric. We know that they're more cerebral. We know that they are also hit and miss. Some of them are solid films. And others just kind of come across as try-hard or it's just like they missed the mark. But hopefully this one won't be one of those. And what I like about it from the looks of the trailer is that the men aren't scary because they're all like Joe Rogan alpha males or there's a bunch of incels, which are kind of the same thing. It's just that they're creepy and they look at her weird and some of them follow her. So it's not just a, oh, look at me, I'm a huge douchebag, I'm going to give you shit kind of thing. It's more of a, 
what is going on? Is there something in the water? Or is it some sort of village of the damned kind of thing? Remember that Christopher Reeves movie? Uh, Wasn't it a remake? I I can't quite remember. Mid-90s. But in true A24 fashion, there's more than just obviously evil dudes to this movie. And that's what I like. Could it also be a commentary on toxic masculinity? Maybe. Too early to tell. It could be. Or it could not be. It could just be a plain horror movie with nothing else to add. Or it could be so full of commentary on the current social climate it could go either way and that's part of what excites me here more and more a24 is becoming the marvel of the indie world in the sense that if they do something if they put something out like one of their big films it gets noticed or less less marvel more disney we'll say that because disney does a lot of small time too that just goes under the radar that no one gives a about like halloween town 20 which i loved halloween town by the way so I'm not making fun of it. But if they released another one, it would probably go straight to Disney Plus and be ignored by so many people. So A24 releases those too, but they also do these. Every once in a while, a few times a year, they'll have a big film that gets people's attention. And I think this is one of them. Men looks creepy. The whole trailer had this dark, uncomfortable ambiance to it. And that is what I hope this movie is going to have. Men gets an 8.5 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that is it for this episode. And you know what? I completely forgot about the the trivia question I posed earlier. It was only during editing that I remembered. So if this sounds a little weird, it's because it was recorded at completely different times. But if you don't remember, the question was, which movie has Captain America, Captain Marvel, The Huntress, and Superman in it? And that is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Brandon Ralph was Superman in Superman Returns. Chris Evans, Brie Larson, and Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. And the scene I was watching that I I love so much is Brie Larson's song in it, because I think she does a really good job. And it's just a great scene with Brandon Ralph standing next to her, like staring daggers at Scott Pilgrim. That whole battle was just really good. It was, it was, it's one of my favorite parts in the whole movie. Okay, back to the show as originally recorded. I hoped to have this out earlier, but it's just not happening recently. But thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. So let me remind you that if you want to contact me, please do so. All of my contacts are in the link tree in the show notes. But I am on Twitter, Instagram, which I try to be active on. Uh, I've been pretty bad this week. I'll try to be better. Follow me on Letterboxd too. Again, all of the links in the link tree. Remember to give love to Somewhat Nerdy Radio, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please share this show. Please, word of mouth is the best way to grow. Share this with your friends. If you know anyone that loves movies, they may love me. I don't know. I can't see into the future. But please remember to like or share the podcast wherever you can. Go on Apple Podcasts. I would love five stars, please. And then leave a comment. Have any questions in general, always reach out to me. But my future friends, please remember... Then no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.